0: I'm Tatum,
1: and I'm Corey, and welcome to the Runners of Fort Collins.
0: This is your connection to all the people and places that make Fort Collins a great place to both live and run.
1: Every episode, we'll be sharing a PB and J with a local runner and getting the scoop on all things running in our community. Okay, welcome to um, this special feature episode. Um, We have an interview with John Ray for you guys. We interviewed him right after he finished racing the Quad Rock 50 on May 7th. Um, So if you don't know what that race is, you might want to go ahead and check out our last episode where we recapped that race. Um, And this episode is just going to be this interview with John Ray. So he placed first and the men's 50 mile race at Quadrock. Rock. Um, we did give him like, you know, 30 minutes to eat and stuff. And then we ambushed him and got this interview. And it's great, he had really awesome things to say about it. So we're really excited for this episode.
0: Yeah, it was a really unique episode. Um, not our usual style, right? It was immediately post race. And because of that, we got a little more info about John's kind of race mentality what he was thinking mid-race, what are kind of those immediate post-race thoughts. (laughs) Um, So because of that, it was really unique. It was cool to kind of get in the race mindset of someone who's honestly a pretty elite runner.
1: Yeah, so John Ray, he lives in Boulder, but he's been competing in the NAR runners races in Fort Collins for quite some time. He just started ultra racing in 2015, actually. And before that, he played baseball, which is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, collegiate baseball player. So if you think it's too late for you to become a super fantastic runner, clearly you're wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think usually there's a lot of turnover between baseball and ultra running.
0: (laughs) That just makes it all the more impressive.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, outside of ultra running, um, John works for RMI, which is a nonprofit energy think tank, where he works to reduce carbon emissions from the U.S. electricity sector. He races primarily in Colorado and, as Corey said, races those quad rock races a lot. And he does really well at all of them. Um, Not only did he win the Quad Rock 50 this year, but if you're like me and you like to look at people's ultra sign-up results, (laughs) he actually did really, really well in previous years in the Quad Rock 25 and the Never Summer 100K.
1: Also pretty exciting, he recently won a golden ticket at the Bandera 100K, earning a starting spot in the 2022 Western States 100.
0: So, yeah, if you uh, don't know what the Western States 100 is, it is like the it is the US championships for trail ultra running if there was a championship. So it's not actually branded as that, but I think all the pro runners in the US kind of treat it as that. Um it is on June 25th, so when this podcast episode comes out, we'll be just a few weeks away. So keep an eye out for how John does in that race.
1: So let's get to our interview with John Ray. He raced the Quad Rock 50, 50 miler, um, and he was battling it out with Drew Holman uh, for the majority of the race. Um, and he ended up taking that first place spot. So I'd finished the 25 mile race and was hanging out in the finish line area, um, when John finished. And I thought he was a 25 mile finisher because, you know, he was the first one. (laughs) So no one had come in yet. And I was totally shocked to hear that someone had already finished the 50 mile race. So his time was seven hours, 23 minutes and 51 seconds. And that's the second fastest time anyone's run on this course.
0: That's even more impressive when you consider how hard this course is. So just a very quick recap of what the course is like. If you're running the 50 mile race, you're going to run along some trails, go up the Towers Climb, go a little bit downhill, and then climb up Horsetooth Rock, another downhill, and then go up to Arthur's Rock, and then go back down. So... That's three climbs that I've just described. And if you're running the 50 miler, you turn around and you do it again for a total (laughs) of six big climbs.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And the turning around point is also the finish line. So you got to go and stare that finish line down and then turn around and do it again.
0: (laughs) I can't imagine that mentality. That sounds so hard. (laughs) Yeah. You'll hear a little bit more about the nitty gritty details of what that course was like in the interview.
1: When I saw him finish, I was immediately like, that is the person that I am going to interview. (laughs) So it's kind of like, you know, keeping an eye on him, making sure he didn't leave and, you know, gave him time to eat his food and stuff. This sounds really stalker-ish and I promise it only kind of was. (laughs) Um, But we, Tatum and I went over to interview him. We asked him if he would do an interview with us and he was super nice. Um, So we get out our recording device, the microphone, and we are standing in the corner trying to get away from all the noise and start interviewing him. And about 10 minutes into this interview, I realized that I have not recorded anything that he said. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's just start at... Do you want to say the same things you just said? Um, sad. Not very professional. Um, and he was really gracious about it. And all he asked for... The second round of interviewing was that we sit down in the shade.
2: We go for sitting down too. Actually. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. even yeah. just sit on the ground. Yeah, we can so sit on the ground <laughs> or we could... Yeah, slightly <laughs> nauseous.
1: And I was like, yes, of course, we can do that. You just ran the fastest fifty mile time in really hot weather, and now we are bombarding you with questions.
0: <laughs> so we were interviewing him just with the intention of it being, you know, our usual three-ish minute post-race interviews, but he had some really fantastic things to say and just kept going and we just kept asking questions, so I know I'm really excited about this interview. I know Corey's really excited about this interview, so let's jump right into it.
1: Okay, so what was your mindset going into the race today?
2: My mindset was go out with the leaders, but still try to hold back for the first half of the race and make the second half strong. So... It's pretty much impossible to a negative split in ultra, but if you can keep them close enough, then usually the result works out. Um, But I definitely wanted to be in contention for the win. And so at least starting with the leaders for the first few miles was an intention and then still trying to recognize what if something was too hard, then feel that and back off a little bit because knowing that the second half will be really hard because the climbs are steep. Here for sure. And so, having run the 25 mile race before, knowing how hard even the third climb was in one direction, but the 50 mile having six major climbs, knowing that that was just going to hit really, really hard. And so, saving something for the ends was worth it.
1: Uh, Did you feel like you had something left in the tank at the end? Do you kick at all?
2: I definitely did not kick. I was definitely looking behind my shoulder, and if I saw drew behind me i would have picked it up and been scared but i relaxed a lot for the last 10 miles once i had a gap on him i felt like i have another gear if i really have to but it would not be fun to try to run any faster so if i don't have to i don't want to so i didn't kick uh i feel like i cruised it in for the most part but still had some pressure from behind
1: um, and at what point did you realize you had a shot at winning the race?
2: Yeah, so the the first half of the race, Drew seemed like he was stronger and fitter and wanted to climb harder than I did. So <clears throat> I was expecting him to pull away at some point, but we were still together for the first half. <laughs> and after the fourth major climb, so like maybe the top of the climb at mile 30 or so, we started going down. uh There was a short technical downhill section, and I went through that pretty quickly. Technical downhills are definitely my strong suit in trail running. And so I made a small gap on him there, and every time before that, he had closed it pretty quickly. Like, within a couple of minutes, he would be back right next to me. And then that time, it took a couple miles, so we didn't see each other again until the next aid station. So... Since I held on to that for a couple of miles and he didn't close it immediately, then by mile yeah 35 or so I was like pretty optimistic that maybe he won't just you know take away take off and drop me.
1: And um, what's your plan going into aid stations?
2: <laughs> this year the, was the first time I've ever tried to do any heat mitigation or adaptation i suppose like heat training strategies um so i feel like i I like played around with ice bandanas yesterday (laughs) to test out like basically how to do it and like do i like this or not um but had a plan of like exactly where in the race i would start putting ice in things because i was worried about the heat as like the major critical thing to do at aid stations to like carry some ice and to like walk out of the aid station make sure you're doing that um uh yeah so I guess I had a like a list of things that I wanted to do at each of the aid stations I had like looked at the temperatures and the times that I was expected to be at those places pretty solid list of like nutrition and hydration and the ice strategy and talk about it the night before with my wife Rachel who is always crew chief for my races and so we communicate pretty well during the race and so there are actually a couple of pivots that I made like at the third aid station I said hey at the next aid station I'm going to do two bottles instead of one and so like she had that ready for me the next one but I suppose like so like good communication at one aid station to say what I wanted to do at the next one that I would see her at um, and then Lots of planning, for sure, beforehand. Um,
1: What was the hardest part of the race today?
2: Hmm. Do I have a good answer for that? There, Yeah, the heat was definitely the biggest factor. And I was, I think, more prepared for that than most people because I was doing ice in a bandana and in my running pack. But most people were not. But there were some solid, like, 30-minute sections where I just didn't want to eat or drink because it was too hot. But then as soon as I got into a day station and they would dunk me with a bunch of water, then I was hungry again. And so that was, like, a big realization of, like, okay, anything I can do to stay cool will make it easier to run, heat, eat, and drink. And so I think the heat was actually, like, the hardest factor of today's race.
1: Um... I really like the trails in Lori and think some of the views are amazing. Do you have any time or a chance during your very fast run to check out the views?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I remember sections of trails. Well, I guess like some sections of the trails make me reminisce about some of my favorite sections of trails in Boulder. Um, like mm-hmm. the f- flatter road Road section after a big climb reminds me of the approach to Shadow Canyon in Boulder. And then, yeah, the trails are just, like, a good amount of technical. So there's enough, like, fun side-to-side movement that's, like, entertaining. And, you know, like, you just jump over rocks and roots and things. And then uh, just, like, keeps my mind so engaged. So, yeah, it's, like, the great mix of, like, kind of, like, dancing around the trails and lose track of time. And it makes it so much easier mentally because it's fun.
1: Um, why, do you, why do you love trail running?
2: At the beginning of trail running, I was mostly just curious about the possibility of running a hundred miles and was that possible? And so the challenge of it was good. Then after a couple years, I was mostly motivated by improvement and getting better. And that was like so rewarding to like, just like see myself, my times be faster. And now I'm definitely getting a lot out of the competition part. Uh, like, I mean, I wish I could be in the NBA, but I'm not quite competitive in that world. But being able to be pretty competitive at trail running is like super motivating. And so I feel like a real athlete competing with runners here. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what motivates me now.
1: Um, what are your plans for the future with running?
2: You know, yeah, one one year at a time for the most part. Uh, I won the Bandera 100K earlier this year, so I got a golden ticket to go to the Western States 100 this year, and so that's been my dream race for the last couple of years. But I am already much better now than I expected to be a few years ago. Like, my first ultra, I was, like, you know, 30th place and like just like a sort of mid-pack runner and like continually got better for a long time so I like didn't dream that big and so I've like already achieved way more than I thought I would so I don't know how high to like set my sights but as of like two years ago I set my career running goal as being top 10 in western states and so I get a chance to try and do that this year
1: and what would you say to someone who's just starting to get into ultra running
2: don't take too much advice from other people. Be an independent thinker and just logically think, like, I have this problem to solve. How do I want to do it? Just because everyone else does ice bandanas, maybe you like a nice buff or other things. So I would say don't take too much advice from other people. Just try your own things and come up with your own solutions.
1: Awesome. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> There's some really awesome ideas um, in that interview and I really especially liked the end um, when John talked about not taking other people's advice too seriously. I think you can get really bogged down with all the details and the planning for trail running um, but at the end of the day like you just have to get out there and run and you know you'll figure stuff out as you go along and not every the logistics of every race aren't gonna be perfect, but you're out there and you're learning and you're gonna figure it out as you go.
0: Yeah, I think that's really cool. It really tells to like the nature of trail running, you know. I think it's kind of accepted that in these really longer races you can't plan for everything. Um and sometimes you just don't know how your body's going to react to something when you're mm. say 40 miles deep into a run. So I think that's really good advice.
1: Thank you, John Ray, for such a great and insightful interview. Um, we wish you the best of luck at Western States um, and hope to see you out on the trail sometime soon.
0: Yeah, and while we're giving out thanks, also a huge shout out to Oria Media. They took the photo um, of John. That is the podcast art for this episode. They also have a really great collection of photos from Quad Rock that you can find, I believe, through Gnar Runner's website or from Oria Media's website as well.
1: Um, make sure to check out our next episode where we will be releasing an in-studio interview with Anne-Marie Kirkpatrick. That's a really interesting conversation about running and motherhood and...
0: And PB&Js! We finally <sighs> bring back the PB&Js! <laughs>
1: KCSU for supporting this podcast thanks to the Foco running community for being awesome and to all of you our listeners
0: the music to this podcast was composed by Martin Tong and accessed through universal production music
1: you can check out our podcast on the KCSU website the KCSU app and Spotify happy trails until next time